Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your G1 Nights 1 through 3 recap. We also have Fighter Fest Night 2 last night at AEW. Ric Flair's got his final match, and Zach has come back around on WWE Monday Night. Raw is war. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Defend yourself, Zach. You can buy about 15 seconds. Don't be don't be talking over the signature at the beginning, Jason. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Man from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, aka Osh Squash Bagosh. <laughs> it's sitting to it's sitting to my left. It's sitting to my left. As always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on? Oh, that's Unlike Titus O'Neil, I will promise that BFR is a safe haven for you and those that you love to hang out for the next two hours. So on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 266, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart saying, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat, the holy trinity of BFR is tournament time all over the place. New Japan's G1, Toshio Joki, Toshio Joshi Pro Wrestling, the Princess Tokyo Cup, and one from Noah, all kinds of tournament. Jason's a happy man. Do you really want to promise to the listeners that this is a safe haven for the next two hours? Because yeah. that's not something I would promise. Yeah, it's not a safe with haven. this guy out in Seattle, Washington. We have two beers. Zach Foreman, what's going on, two beer? BFR West in the house. I do love that JCB analogizes himself as the Titus O'Neil of the podcast because. <laughs> We're just such terrible people that we got to send our black ambassador out into the world <laughs> to convince everybody that we're not. And he actually does that job. Like, uh, he really is the brand ambassador, uh, global ambassador of BFR. So, uh, I was going to say they're both old as fuck and they both went to college in Florida, but. <laughs> Oh my god! He did not even. He did not like that. He okay. did not hey, like that. I'm, I'm gonna let you chastise me about talking over the beat. Okay, I'll give you no, that. No, but you didn't I talk over the beat. I will fuck you up. You, you, talk, talk. you put me and Tyus O'Neill at the University of Florida in the same sense. I will reach over there and smack you silly. You didn't talk over the signature. A little peek behind the curtain. I fucked up at the the first time I was recording it. Jason had a real good laugh about it, and then I was getting ready to play the Visionary Network signature, and he I could tell he was getting ready to say something. I said, don't talk over the signature. <laughs> anyway, out there on the West Coast, we have Two Beer Zach Paul. What's going on, Two Beer? Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I'm up in the Seattle area for work this week. Unfortunately, I'm in uh, the suburbs of Seattle, so it's a lot of uh, jerking off and cable television, really. But uh, I am all caught up on uh, WWE wrestling for the week, which is abnormal for me because I cut the cord a long time ago and i normally don't have time for that shit you know what's funny but, is that uh, we're still not going to talk about it we <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> go I'm, I'm assuming we're going to say something about it we'll say something about it. especially if zach watches i mean that's fun we're yeah, coming at you say shit. we got to take advantage of it we're coming at you from sweaty st charles missouri it's fucking hot out here it's not as terrible as it has been it's also not as good as it has been it's pretty fucking hot out here but you know, we, we, we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to bring the people what they want, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, it's G1 time, boys. 
This is the most wonderful time of the year. This is the true WrestleMania, and I've been excited to talk about this. I assume everybody's caught up on all three nights. Yes, sir. Yeah, not only that, I've literally watched every match of all three nights. Oh, <laughs> not <shot him> <laughs> I was going to say, who are you, me? He wasn't lying. He really is bored out there. Let's get to that <laughs> recap. <laughs> One, two, three. Jason, what's the one count? I hate to waste your lead in with talking G1 and then switching to something else. So let's stick to good parts, good portions of what we as the BFR crew love to talk about. The G1 Climax 32 tournament did start. Uh, three nights to go over. Um, I don't know how you want to break it down. You want to talk about night by night. You want to talk about individual people. Let's go night by night. Let's let's. I mean, it was twelve matches. We don't have to spend a ton of time on everyone, but I mean, I think that all twelve were worth talking about at least. So, like we had said earlier, uh, leading up to this, they had they're doing a match from each block A, B, C, and D for blocks. Seven guys in the block, and it's kept to that uh, at least formula for the most part. I'm assuming they would change it as we go along. But night one opened up with Hanari versus. Uh, Tanahashi in the C block, Hanari with a big time win over, ooh, excuse me, over Tanahashi, a clean win, which is I think is more of important. If you want to start pushing the younger stars, like New Japan has kind of said that they wanted to do, I'm not saying that Hanari is going to be a future world champion at any point. I can see him being an everweight champion. I can see him going off to other places and holding their mid card titles. Hanari has been the one guy from the United empire that hasn't really jumped off broken out whatever you want to use in this sense i would say this this started the tournament off the way that i expect g1 tournament matches to happen there's going to be some upsets and this came out firing like like i expected to last year was yujiro and uh koto ibushi with the first upset first round first match we came out right out of the bat with hanari going going over tanahashi like i said queen is a whistle thoughts Zach, your thoughts? Yeah, definitely nice little upset here. You know, typically on the first night, you do have some kind of upsets, or maybe not even necessarily just the first night. Early in the tournament, we kind of established some upsets just because Gato likes to break brackets right at the beginning and subvert expectations. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Tanahashi is great. He's not as great as he once was, but he's still great. And uh, this wasn't like a, an amazing Tanahashi G1 match, but made Hanari look good, which he doesn't need a lot of help. Like, he's a good wrestler. He's got a great look. You know, large presence. Yeah, got a great look. So, um, yeah, happy for him. And he gets his first G1 victory of his career over arguably the greatest wrestler in the Japan Pro history. So... I was pleasantly surprised with this upset. You know, we talked last year about how Hanari, how many wins he might pick up or not pick up is what we were talking about. I was pleasantly surprised with this. Tanahashi, uh, you know, he's looking a little slower these days. He kicked out of one. <laughs> he kicked out of a two count here in this match, and I was like, ah, he barely even kicked out. Of it. He barely even kicked out of that. Like, it, it was like, I'm not saying he wasn't trying. I'm just saying 
dude looked a little tired to me. So, you know, go out lying on your back. I'm not saying Tanashi's going anywhere. I am saying that I I love this. I love that Hernari got the win. As Zach said, subverted expectations. As a side note, I don't want to get into a digression too early here. But I had I was all cut up on everything at noon today. So my afternoon was all cleared up. What was what was I going to watch while I was answering emails at work? And um, I took advantage of the New Japan, uh, the historical matches, and I watched Tanahashi Nakamura from Wrestle Kingdom f- 2014 for the title. So that was like 11 or 12. Something like that. And it, it might be earlier than that. It might have been 2012. No, um, I meant like the the number of Wrestle Kingdom. It was earlier than that. It it was uh, it's it's incredible as you might imagine. It was fucking incredible. But anyway, I was happy with this outcome. Uh, what's next, Jason? ELP versus Will Osprey in the D Block. Uh, this is one of the matches that I personally was looking forward to, and it did not disappoint at all. Will Osprey goes over clean. Um, for me, the takeaway is ELP. ELP kind of made me really think that he wasn't going to win it, but I think he has a future, I guess, better choice of words in the heavyweight division if he decides to continue that route. I'll just finish up the rest of the night one, and you guys can talk about it from that point on. Jay White in the B block defeats uh, Sonata. Not a huge surprise. We all kind of said that Jay White is going to run the table. So far, so good. And then the main event of night one, you had Okada versus Jeff Cobb. We had talked about this leading up to it, especially after last year where Jeff Cobb had, well, shit, both of them had an historical run, and then they had to actually meet each other in the A-block final. Obviously, Okada won that. Okada wins this time around as well. So Jeff Cobb seemingly feels like Okada is the one roadblock that he cannot overcome. So night one winners in order, Hanare, Will Ospreay, Jay White, and Okada. Go ahead, gentlemen. Zach, what's up? Yeah, I mean, Okada Cobb was really good, uh, which we expected it to be. We've seen this match a couple times, and we knew it was going to be good. I love the story of the match where pretty much anything Okada can do, Jeff Cobb can do. It was Okada, or it was Jeff Cobb doing all of Okada's moves, which was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, worthy main event, but I think uh, match of the night for me was Will Ospreay and Phantasmo. Uh, they just went out there and just murdered it um, right out of the gate. It was super fast, less than 15 minutes, but it was just so fast the whole time. And, um, you know, didn't really rely on the comedy spots, even though I think El Phantasmo did a back rake in here because he can't get away from not doing a back rake. Uh, but really... Um, fantastic and I love the finish of this match where basically Phantasmo goes for a pin and he's arguing with the ref about a three count and Will Ospreay just hits him out of nowhere with Murdy's his blade while, while he's ar- arguing so that was a great finish. fun creative finish yeah no he murdered his ass so, with that uh, out of the first three nights that's my favorite match so far um, it with we with me and New Japan it's hard for me to have this high bar and them always meet that high bar. This is one of those times where I thought they, they did it. They did it well. Um, like I said, ELP's got a future if he wants us to hang out in the uh, the heavyweight division for sure. Yep. Yeah, I think I think uh, for me too, this is the match of the tournament. So far. So far for me. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I don't know if it was the match of the tournament so far with me. I was, you know, I was 
It was as good as you wanted to be. As good as you wanted to be. Will Ospreay can wrestle anybody and look fucking awesome. Uh, as Zach said, I love the finish. Will Ospreay should have gone over. Uh, I think that Will Ospreay is going to win. Everybody picked Will Ospreay to win this block. So yeah, this this match ruled. Night two, we open up with Tight. Sonata and Jay White. You want to piss on Sonata? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I don't want to piss on him, but we didn't get to talk about Sonata and Jay White. You did. Or did did Zach talk about Sonata and Jay White? No, I glossed over it. I'm sorry, Tom Brady. You want me to shut the fuck up? I'll shut the fuck up. I'm glad Jay White went over. Um, So, and then Okada Cobb. (laughs) So, Jason, I want to go back to something that you said last week about Okada Cobb. You said whoever won this match was going to lose to Yano. Uh, I believe that match is the next, next night. Yes. It's July 23rd. Yeah, so when, next week. Coming up. Next no, week, I think it's, that's Saturday, right? Well, there's four, there, we're going to have four G1 nights to talk about next week. And, uh, Okada and Yano is going to be one of them. I think it's Saturday, but don't quote me on it. Night that. four through night seven. Um, I said on the <laughs> podcast last week that I, I love that pick. I love that prediction. And I am looking forward to Yano Okada. I don't know if Oka- that's going to go Chaos. down now. Chaos will reign. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oka- Okada Cobb was as good as you expected it to be on night one. I love this match. I I liked it as much as I liked Will Ospreay versus ELP, to be honest. I just like I, I like I like the mashup of styles between Okada and Cobb. And I like uh, Cobb doing all of Okada's moves. Uh, it was especially badass when he did the tombstone pile driver onto his knees and then stood up, up off of his knees, knees and did another another pile driver on Okada. That was a special. Oh, Okada reversed it. Oh, yeah. Okada reversed thing. that one when he went for the second pile he driver. He got tombstone with his own. You're right. Which was uh, very impressive by uh, Jeff Cobb. Oh, I mean, it's impressive on both sides. I mean, it, it just reinforces why Okada is the man and Jeff Cobb is, the, you know, the next coming of the man. I, I, I hope so. It fucking ruled. Uh, it was a great, great beginning to the tournament. All right, Jason. Night two, we open up with Tai Chi versus uh, Toromoro Ishii. Um, God damn. Ishii is just, uh, he confounds me in this scenario where this is a match where I think he should win, and he didn't win, and that's okay. If he's going to lose, I want him to lose to somebody that should be getting some sort of a push, and that's Tai Chi. Tai Chi wins the opening match of night two. Uh, Yano versus Jonah, obviously, you know, fuck Yano first and foremost. Yano wins by double go blow, and then a count out with Jonah and bad dude Tito on the outside trying to double team him. ZSJ versus Kenta in the C block. Kenta scares me sometimes because I think he'd be hitting these fools for real. I God mean, damn, he was beating, beating the, the shit out of uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. does turn around and gets the win. And in the main event of night two, you had Shingo versus Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson running around with the U.S. title and not being the U.S. champion. I thought this was going to be easy, speezy, lemon squeezy for LIJ. Not so much. Another upset. Juice Robinson goes over Shingo in the main event of night two. That was shocking to me. Juice winning against Shingo was shocking to me. Was it not shocking to you? You look like you look like you might have you might have seen it coming. Did you see it coming a little bit? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I don't like the fact that it's Shingo taking the L. But if you're going to keep Juice Robinson hot 
and build that up to the eventual Will Ospreay Juice Robinson match. Juice Robinson's gonna have to be that shit was also the, also clean. It was a clean win. That's what I think. I'm so more just kind of in disgust about than anything else. You know, it was a little distraction, but he did yak him with the uh, the left hand of God, and he took it on with uh pole friction. So at that point, you know, it is what it is. It's not house house of torture shit, but there was a little uh. Smoke and mirrors, but if you want little, to go that route, little. I loved Tai Chi versus Ishi. I loved it. It was a hard hitting, uh, typical Ishi style match where those motherfuckers were hitting each other also. And Tai Chi ends up winning with the Black Mephisto on Ishi. Oh, Zach, what do you think about this match? Tai Chi versus Ishi? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Um, it really kind of goes to show so hard hitting for sure Ishii looks like he is murdering dudes like he looks like he's chopping guys right in the throat and stuff and he's just not he's just like that good like I was watching him and I was watching real close and I rewound it a couple times because I'm like man I'm like he looks like he's just chopping these guys right in the Adam's apple but like he stops short and he like cups their shoulder like the impact is like the palm of his hand to their shoulder and it's not his forearm on their, on their neck, but you like have to look really hard because otherwise it just looks like he's just hitting you right in the Adam's apple over and over. He's a genius. He's so good. He's all about hitting dudes very hard in safe places. And in that aspect, he's the opposite of Kenta. Kenta's just a dickhead. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was just open hand palm striking Zack Saber Jr. Like I mean, those are as hard as like actual like punches. It was like you, you owe me somebody. some money, ZHJ. Where's my money? Uh, yeah, t- and I mean, I t- love the match. But. Taichi Ishii was a that was a match where you know usually you know I might be peeking at my phone during stuff. I I put my phone down for the last fifteen minutes of this match. I was into it. Yano Jonah now. We all predicted that Jonah was going to have a good tournament. Putting him on his very first match versus Yano, I question, you know, I I usually don't question the booking of Gato, but it doesn't put Jonah in a very good spot to endear himself to a New Japan audience that might be new to him if he's going to be fighting in a comedy match in his first G1 match. Am, am I wrong about that, Jason? You're giving me a funny look. I don't. I think you, you sound like me on this one, and I was just going to – I guess I'm going to be you on this on Is the flip side of it. a funny look? Yeah, like, because yeah, – Damn, you're right, motherfucker. No, I think you're wrong. I think that Yano – losing to Yano is not the end of the world. This is what he does. He is the upset special. Somehow, some way, he beats guys that he has no business beating. Case in point. Leading up to this, all Yano did was run around anytime in, in the preview matches. No, I don't want to be on. Yeah, I want to be in the ring. I want to be in the ring. He's always talking on the outside ring. They really never matched up until this G1 match. And then, case in point, like I said, here's the upset special. It didn't go down the way I thought it was going to go down. I thought it would be like a pin in the ring of some sort. But a count out is the same thing. It's still two points. That's why I'm saying. That's why I was looking at you crazy. Did you like this match at all? I like the fact that at least Jonah was presented strongly, and the way that he lost the match protected him moving 
forward. So how many stars would you give it? <laughs> Three and a quarter. Oh, fuck yeah. There you go, little holiday. I got him to say it. I got him to say he liked the match. Uh, Zach, what did you think Only about this match? Only time you ever heard he say that. What did you I'm, think about this match, Zach? It was a long Yano match. Four Yano match was long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, super entertaining. Um, I mean, I, I liked it. I, you know, I know exactly what Yano is. I'm, I appreciate Yano for what he is like when I go to Tokyo, I plan on eating at Yano's restaurant and I hope he's there. <laughs> what kind uh, of restaurant does he have? And don't say Japanese food. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got like, I don't even know. It's I like a Mexican it's joint. More of a bar than a, no, I think it's more of a bar than a restaurant, but I think they have food, but he like he's there a lot. Um, and they have wrestling on the TVs and stuff. I bet he likes but, to eat uh, too. Yeah, oh, you can tell. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I, I think there's something to what you're saying, too, though, because to a Japanese audience, uh, Jonah's really just been on strong. And for a Japanese audience, you know, yeah, he's big, he's, he's imposing, he's facing Yano. And then he also has, Kevin Kelly said he has the longest break of anyone. He doesn't wrestle again, like, in a tournament match for, like, a while. I, um, and I, he's on It's at least a week. Stuff, if, so. I think he said it. Oh, it's longer than that. I, I thought it was 10 days. I I, yeah. I said this last week on the podcast. I was like, he goes a really long time between his first match and his second match, and his first match is a loss to a, to Yano. I probably would have preferred, you know, maybe they don't have big plans for Jonah. Maybe they think that Jonah's, you know, in terms of, you know, fighting for titles and things like that. Maybe the idea of Jonah is that he's there to replace Bid, uh, Bad Luck Fale, you know, in like his kind of role in the G one, where he's there to be a big guy that that gets a couple wins, but ultimately doesn't really affect anything really that much. Still, like I, I texted you guys, I had an involuntary laugh out loud when Yano double low blowed him. I thought that, like, I did the, like, I, I saw like, him getting ready to do it. it, and then I fucking laughed out loud. I wasn't doing it. Jason wasn't with me. I wasn't doing it to <laughs> troll anybody. I just literally thought it was funny. I, I And the more I read about Yano read people's takes on them, the more I realize that I am very much in the minority, especially on the American side of it. Like, people fucking hate, hate Yano. Him. So, my birthday's hate, November hate, 15th. Hey, hey, hey. My birthday's November 15th. You guys can go I ahead and give, I, me I, a, I, give me a Yano shirt. I'm just going to order it and I'll just send it to you. I will order it and I'll send it to you. Don't worry I'll it. wear it in my Christmas card picture with my family. <laughs> no, you are not. Aaron Peggy is not going to let that shit fly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that is not happening. Zach Sabre Jr. and Kenta, to me, this was this has been the match of the first three nights. Uh, this match was incredible, incredible psychology between in a heel versus heel match. They never lost the crowd. Sometimes hard to do that in a heel versus heel. Kenta certainly looks like an asshole. He looks like a bigger asshole than Zack Sabre Jr., who looks like a fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but when they were trading, when they were sitting down and asking each other to kick them in the back, you know, and they were trading kicks, and Kevin Kelly goes, oh, you don't want to trade kicks with Kenta, and then... Sabre Jr. came up behind him, put his shoulders down the mat, and did that thing where he puts both feet on the side of his neck and twists, and he did it twice. And Kevin Kelly's like, ah, he's just smart. He's just you know, <laughs> so cerebral. Um, I especially liked how Kenta had the match won twice, Yeah, had two counts, and then picked Pulled him back up. up. I was just like, oh, to make, dude, to make a point. No. To make a point, I also really appreciated the way that uh, – 
how come I can never remember the other guy's name? Uh, the other announcer. Oh, uh, Chris Charlton. Chris Charlton. Chris Charlton. I also like the way that Chris Charlton said that Zack Sabre Jr. has a – his method is if you don't tap out or pass out within six seconds of a submission move, Zack Sabre Jr. switches to another submission move. And then he st- and then Chris Charlton started going one, two, three, four, five, six. And Sabre Jr. would switch on – like every time he did it, I was like, God damn, that is fucking awesome. And that only endeared me more to Zack Sabre Jr. I'm glad that he won this match. And I really enjoyed his backstage promo afterwards where he said he doesn't give a fuck about baseball and he doesn't give a fuck about New Japan. He's going to win the G1. Uh, Zach, any further thoughts on this? I know you said earlier that Kenta's an asshole, which he is. Oh, yeah. No, this is fantastic. (laughs) Um, And I would argue with you, this is one of my favorite matches in the tournament so far. Um, I have seen some matches with Kenta, like when he was younger, specifically in like a six man uh, or eight man. And like uh, he was really wailing on a young guy. I can't remember who it was. And the guy tagged in Yuji Nagata and Nagata like taught him a lesson, like shoot style, like in the ring, like Nagata like beat the shit out of him. And it was awesome because I mean, Kenta, yeah, he's just an asshole. Like he, he hits too hard. And, um, yeah, like, Nagata got in there and taught him a lesson. But that's his style. I mean, he's, like, he's a legend. Like, we missed his prime as far as, like, in the podcast. Uh, but he was kind of senpai to Zack Sabre Jr. whenever Zack Sabre Jr. was in Noah, and they told that story where they get in the ring, and Zack Sabre Jr. is like, I'm senpai now, motherfucker. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, so and, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, whenever the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, I mean, the whole reason he has the style that he has is because he wanted to be more like Kenta. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Kenta and the way they wrestle, but I wouldn't want to. I'd be very pissed if he was like, shoot, hitting me open palm in the face uh, if I did not consent uh, to that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was fantastic. And yeah, like Phil said, the psychology where he had it one and then uh, Zach Saber Jr. just, uh, you know, didn't give up, snuck the win. It was his own arrogance that, you know, pride cometh before the fall. And then finally, we had uh, Juice versus Shingo, and Juice went over. We already said that we were all, su- well, I was surprised by this. Zach, were you surprised by the, the finish of this match? Totally. I was also surprised that it wasn't a better match, uh, especially after the Zach Saber Jr. Kenton match just kind of fell flat. I don't know if Juice is having a rough time coming back from his real like shoot injury had like uh, appendicitis or whatever so um, he was like super tired or he was telling he was super tired because he he cut his winning promo from the mat like half of it Mm. Um, but uh, they also said this was his first match in Japan and I forget how many how long they said it was yeah 500 days or something so yeah I mean it makes sense that he went over like to establish him back to the Japanese audience I don't know why it was at Shingo's expense but I mean maybe that just gets him over it, more it's got to be he's got to beat somebody I mean good lord you know hang on Osprey Yoshihashi Shingo Fenway which is his next match Juice ELP and Yujiro are the D block so I mean there's there's Chances for him to win, obviously, with Yujiro, Yoshihashi, 
chances for him to lose coming into it would have been Will Ospreay and Shingo. He won one of those coin flip matches. So, I mean, it sucks because I, I think we all like Shingo, and, you know, he was former world champion. For sure. But I think it's it's kind of like, you know, like you said, it's kind of rebuilding Juice Robinson back up to the New Japan fans and that base. And then, like I said, if they continue that route where you have Will Ospreay and Juice as, you know, one and two in the in the D block, at some point their paths will have to cross. So not only are you battling for the D block, you're also battling for the, I guess, the possession for the U.S. title. So, I mean, it's, it's like the two dual stories going into one. Night. I created a samurai character on Elden Ring, and I've played about 60 hours of it, and his name is Shingo. So, yeah, I like Shingo. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that was a John Wick thing, wasn't it? So, yeah, I'm saying I'm back. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's the first first image of John Wick 4, by the way. I don't want to digress. But, uh, Shut up. Are you serious right now? It's, yeah, there's a first first image of it. Um, I think they're shooting four and five at the same time. So There's going to be a fifth? Yeah, there's five. Dude, I hope there's 20. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Never stop making John Wick. Look, I'm not saying... I'll <laughs> say, don't get me twisted. I'm a John Wick guy. I'm just like, damn, you know, how much more can... How many more motherfuckers can he kill? People, Jesus. People, like, it's weird. Like, three is, like, considered, like, the worst one. That's insane to me. I don't get that That's at all. Insa- no. that, that is insane to me. That was the best me. movie theater experience I've ever had in my entire life. Yep, me too. I don't get me that. Me too. And it was me and Zach on the mandate. Yeah, thanks for the invite, <laughs> yeah. bitches. You could have come with us. It was after the podcast one night. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I actually have to be responsible and, you know, put the podcast up and all that other good shit while you guys. That was when I put the podcast <laughs> up. It was at Shock City Studios. I still didn't get the invite. <laughs> you were so, I'll find the podcast. I'll, fi- no, I'll yeah, find I'm opening sure. night. I'm I'll sure. find opening night. I'm sure you'll, you'll go out of your way in the next seven days to make this shit happen. Wow. Oh, my God. I think me and Jason need to start over tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> night three. Uh, Jason. Open it up. I'm going to go check on the baby. I'm going to give you time to calm down. <laughs> Night three, we open up with David Finley versus Yujiro Takahashi. Peter in the house. Oh, Lord have mercy. Anyway, um, once again, we have another upset. Yujiro upsetting David Finley with the help of show coming down and distracting the referee. The Yujiro house of torture fuckery. Next, you had Chase Owens versus Tomatonga in the B block. I, I know this is Jay White's block to lose, but for me, the other story in the B block is Tomatonga because a lot of the guys that ousted him from Bullet Club are in this block, so it's a chance for him to go down the line and pass out some receipts. He gets his first receipt passed out to Chase Owens with a win there. Bad Fale versus Lance Archer in the A block. Uh, the monster block did not necessarily come off the way I thought it should have here, especially Bad Luck Fale wins by countout over Lance Archer. And in the main event of night three, you had one Naito versus Goto, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Goto always rises to the occasions when G1 comes around, and he did it again. He broke a five-loss losing streak to Naito in G1 tournament matches. He beats Naito clean in the main event of night three. Two beer, thoughts? Yeah, that was the best match of the night. Um, I watched this uh, today, la- partly last night before dynamite i watched like all of the 
um, tag matches before Dynamite. Then I watched Dynamite, and then this morning when I woke up, I watched the um, the singles matches. And Dodo versus Naito was by far the standout. This is a this was the most lackluster night of all of the G1 so far overall. Uh, but that match was quite good. Yeah, it felt and like it was, got a huge upset. I'm I'm not gonna call it an upset. I, I as much as you know, Naito is the the more over guy, obviously the more accomplished guy. I just I can't consider this an upset in the sense of like Yujiro versus Finley feels more like an upset just because you had the the kind of the backstory because coming into Yujiro. that. Well, yeah, because it's Yujiro won, but the backstory coming into it was like Yujiro was, you know, kind of pissed off because people were saying last year because you didn't have Gaijin's being able to to participate, that's how he got into the G1. So, you know, you fast forward this year, boom, here comes a Gaijin. Even though it was a ton of House of Torture fuckery, he gets the win. The Hanari versus uh, Tanahashi is more of an upset to me versus Naido and Goto. This was oh sure, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a huge upset. I did say it's a huge upset, but um, it felt like an know, upset Goto to me. Completely, he's completely capable of beating anybody at any time, and I, I love that about Goto and to keep that legacy alive. Yep. Uh, but it, it wasn't what I was expecting. Wait, are we talking about Goto and Naido? Yep. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. So this very much felt like an upset, also. Uh, let, let's let's go back. I went in to check on the baby. Um, Goto Naido was awesome, absolutely awesome. We said it well. I'll agree with Tubier. It's the best match of night three, and the other three weren't exactly that great. So it wasn't hard. The bar wasn't exactly high, but it was still a really good match to me. Two parts: Naido first half, Goto second half. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when when Goto's on, Goto is on. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's, okay, uh, that, this shouldn't be a surprise. He pushes guys. Now, whether he gets W's or not is a totally different story, but it's not like he's going to come in and this is going to be a walkover kind of match. No, not at all. I, I expected Naito to win. You expected Naito to win. I, I expect Naito to win all the matches. <laughs> yes, okay. Come on. All right. <laughs> all right. Duh. Um, but I, I was pleasantly surprised with this. You know what the G and G1 stands for. Go to. Uh, I thought that Yujiro versus Finley, I thought that that was an upset also. Were you guys saying that that was an upset? To, to me, it's more so an upset. Than- now, I think that Yujiro doesn't win very much. You know how sometimes soccer coaches will tell their players to not have sex before matches because it calms them down too much? <laughs> Yujiro's valet is clearly very fond of him and i can't blame yujiro for being very fond of her either like jesus fucking christ is she naked underneath those fishnets god damn it kind of looks it kind of looks like when like one of the back of the house guys is dating one of the servers you know what i mean (laughs) how the fuck is this happening what the fuck wait the line cook Got no. her? <laughs> you bullshit. <laughs> and, and Serena Deeb's just standing over there terrible. like as the oldest server there. She's like, you know he's got a big dick. I mean, that could be the only thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I like this night. You know, Bad Luck Fale and Archer doesn't really look very good on paper. And it, I thought it would be better than this. Yeah, I, I didn't ex- – 
Wait, Bad Luck Fale went over, didn't he? Yeah, by that is out. fucking stupid too. They had two countouts in the same block. That is uh, that is strange to me. <laughs> Tomatonga looks on top of his game. Tomatonga looked great. Chase Owens looks like he needs a fucking tapeworm, man. That guy has got some love handles, man. <laughs> Look at that fat bastard. He should be wrestling with a shirt on, man. He should be wrestling with a swim shirt on. Oh so much for that safe haven comment. <laughs> we body shaming in the first count. I just want everybody out there to take care of themselves. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. I like Chase Owens. He's a good hand, and it's not a knock against. It's not. No, he's a, he's he can wrestle. wrestle. That and that's all I got to ask for at this point. He gave us a good match. He made Tomatonga look good. Fantastic. Lance Archer coming back over and losing to Fale to me is not the issue. It's how he lost. Take it is that is a weak ass count out loss. I could deal with Yano punching guys low and getting back into the ring. Double, 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 punch, whoa, whoa, whoa. double low blow. Lance Archer is on the apron and Fale knocks him down like eighteen and he can't get back in to beat the twenty count. I'm like, come on, dog. Do better than that. I mean, like, bury Lance Archer on a, on, underneath a box of rubble. Yeah, no, I Do agree. it like I, that versus doing it like that. I totally agree with that. I just think that Chase Owens should take a note from his cousin, Kevin Owens, and wrestle with a shirt on. Stop. Like, maybe I'd like him a whole lot more. Then you can embrace the fucking double cheese, triple cheeseburgers at fucking McDonald's. You know, triple cheeseburgers at McDonald's only two bucks? Hey, man, look. Two triple cheeseburgers and a large Coke at my McDonald's is seven oh seven. The guy's been living in Japan for fucking years, though. All they eat is sushi, man. You can't get fat on sushi unless you're really trying. Come on, Chase Owens. Anyway, no body shaming here. Right. Um, (laughs) Uh, my my ma- my match of the first three nights. By the way, I, you know, I always tell you guys that I just cram all my wrestling in the one day. Not in the G one. I try to watch it as it as it happens because it's so much fun to watch. Uh, I I just love I love the G one. Can't love it more. Um, very much looking forward to the next four nights. Let me look up. Have you have you watched any of the undercard? Uh no, I'm not I'm not I'm not in a hotel room. Like I'm not making fun. I just I just I just haven't I haven't watched any of any any he of the I only watched, you know I only watched one of the nights while I was while I've, while I've been here. I watched the other two back at home. But I will say you're missing out, uh and for those who are not watching under card and haven't, uh, because he hasn't had a match yet, you're missing out on Tom Waller, oh. who is a delight. God um, damn the dude the dude is wearing just the most ridiculous outfit and he's strutting and he's clapping and he does the thing like he does the thing like uh okada does where he you know he takes the pants off or like tai chi but he wears like essentially like daisy Daisy dukes like he's wearing like (laughs) denim daisy dukes and when he takes off his shorts he's just wearing more denim underneath oh my god (laughs) now that now that sounds good uh, so I'm going to run quickly through the next four nights that we're going to talk about. I, and I really just want a really short answer from both of you. Um, I'm going to name all four matches for night four, night five, night six, night seven. You tell me which one you're looking forward to the most. Night four is Sabre Jr. versus Sanare, Yoshihashi versus Shingo, Okada versus Yano, and Ishii versus White. Who you like? Who, what match are you looking forward to the most? <laughs> Ishii White. versus everybody, baby. Okay. Uh, Zach? Ishii White. I mean, yeah, it's Ishii White. Yeah, yeah just get yeah, ready to say it's, it's hard to say otherwise. Uh, the night after that, we have 
ELP versus Yujiro. We have Sonata versus Taichi. We have Jeff Cobb versus Bad Luck Fale and Tanahashi versus Naito. Okay, we're just gonna skip it. Uh, everybody's saying Tanahashi yeah. Naito. Okay. No, no, yeah. uh, no. I was going. I was going to say Sonata versus uh, Taichi. To be perfectly honest, it's it's the peck pop battle. These two motherfuckers are just that vein where the first part of this match is who can pop their pecs better. Okay. Well, here's a strange one. I think we'll all have different answers for this. Great O'Connor versus Chase Owens, Kenta versus Evil, Tom Lawler versus Lance Archer, and Finlay versus Juice Robinson. I mean, it's got to be one of those last two, right? I'll what? say I'll say Lawler Archer just because we have. What seen was the Lawler second yet. one that you said? Kenta Evil. I mean, it's not that. Come on. Heel versus heel. Oh, you- Bullet Club versus House of Torture. There's going to be shenanigans. All over the place. It's going to be overbooked. It's going to be overbooked like a barbed wire match in AEW. Oh! Uh, that, that's just a little tease for what's coming later. Uh, Zach, what, what match are you looking for? I know. Zach doesn't even, like, <laughs> you say shots fired. Zach's like, yeah, that, that's about right. Yeah, it was overbooked. Uh, Zach, what match are you looking forward to the most? Uh, probably Finn Juice, just because the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were a tag, tag team. team tag team champs. Uh, the next night, and this is the last one, uh, Osprey, Yujiro, Yano versus Bad Luck Fale. Holy shit. That is, that's going to be a barn burner. Goto versus Hanare and Ishii versus Tamatanga. Ishii versus everybody. Yep. Ishii, Tamatanga for me too. Actually, uh, Goto, Hanare I'm, could I'm, be great. Yeah, because this will be another chance for Hanare to, you know, get some more shine. He won his first match against Tanahashi. That's that's a huge win. If he can go back-to-back, he will be in the middle of this C block moving forward because, I mean, there's only, what, six matches, seven total guys. He would win the first two matches, so he'll be at four points. Whoever wins, the block can't be under double digits. Unless if it's eight, then everybody's lost twice or more. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. guys that are going to win are going to be double-digit guys with points. If Anari can come out the first two nights with four points, shit. He Who in knows? a good spot. Who knows? Let's get to that. Three counts. No, two two count. counts. Sorry. Two counts. I mean, you guys start over. <laughs> I'm sorry you can't count. <laughs> What's funny about that is all I like all my daughter watches is YouTube videos of this fucking teacher going one, two, uh, two beer. What's the two count? Two count is AEW Fighter Fest uh, night two. So this is in line with Shark Week, and uh, yeah, I actually had the pleasure of watching this. Live, actually not live, because I'm on the West Coast, so it was 8 p.m. Pacific, so it actually happened like three hours before that. But, uh, yeah, it gave me enough time to get in front of the TV, and, um, you know, I don't normally watch it on cable from front to back, like watching the commercials and stuff. So, interesting experience for me personally. That doesn't really matter for any of you guys. But um, this was an okay Dynamite. Uh, Definitely not... As good as last week. Definitely not one of the, not to the quality of what you would add these like monikers that they do for Dynamite. Kind of makes them special. Um, I don't know. We can get into it. But uh, start out with Darby Allen versus Brody King. And this is a pretty good match. Uh, Darby Allen's just throwing himself at Brody King. Brody King is just tossing him down. Um, 
And surprisingly, like, in the idea of AEW, like, the microcosm of AEW hierarchy, not, like, in kayfabe. In kayfabe, you're like, oh, yeah, Brody King, like, absolutely beats him because he's massive and tough and Darby Allen is tiny and tough. And, uh, but Brody King wins, uh, which kind of surprised me, um, even though, you know, he won that battle royal. And he's, you know, getting featured a little bit. Darby well, isn't Darby hurting Allen, anything. It's pretty rare that Darby Allen loses. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's kind of what I'm what I'm saying is he doesn't lose that often. So he loses. Um, you know, Brody King, you know, just manhandles him. Uh, Malachi Black comes out, and uh, you know, or basically Brody King's beaten on uh, Darby. Thing comes out for the save. Then Malachi Black comes out, lights go off, spits mist in the Sting's face, and they're beating on both of them. And then Miro comes out. Miro's wearing sunglasses, may or may not have makeup on because he had gotten the mist previously. So, but he doesn't do anything. He just stands on the outside. So it's kind of like a slow build to go to commercial. So, you know, the match itself, uh, entertaining. Afterwards, Little, little convoluted. I'm fine with kind of seeing where this goes. It could either go with House of Black as a trio versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. Um, you know, building towards that, or maybe Miro's joining House of Black. I don't know. There's intrigue there. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen? Um, I'll be honest. I don't want to see Miro with anybody. I want to see Miro just dominate on his own. The ding, fact, ding, the ding, fact ding, that ding, you kind of have ding, him ding. in this feud, I I get it, but I don't get it. it. It's a spillover from Forbidden Door, okay? But I mean, Miro's not Miro's not need doesn't need to be involved in, and I'll call it mid card, upper mid card, whatever. Miro's at the point now where it's championship, world championship, or bust. I don't care if it's ROH. I don't care if it's AEW. He should be in the main event picture. Now, if you have to, you want to wait and figure out who's the you know, the champion after all out, fine. Knock yourself out. Miro should not even be involved in this at any point. What do you think about Brody King versus Darby Allen? I agree. Uh, Two beer to match itself was good. I thought that Brody King looked as strong as he should be looking. He threw Darby Allen around like a little rag doll the way he should. He won the match. I don't think it's a, a a big surprise just how the how the match you know played itself out. Darby is not Teflon, but he can absorb this loss. It's an easy loss to absorb. You just if you look at you know the two guys, it'd be like okay, yeah, I can see why you lost. Sting versus. Malachi Black, I guess, is the you know the next kind of running storyline with that. I'll be honest, I'm a little more intrigued with that versus now Brody King versus Darby Allen. We've kind of seen that we've seen where this is going. I want to see if they want to put Malachi Black over Sting. That's my that's what intrigues me. Uh, Brody King Darby Allen was tremendous, tremendous. That's exactly what a big guy versus a little guy. That's exactly how it should be booked. Too often these days, I feel like 
size is taken out of the equation because people want to see five-star matches and people want to see, uh, well, they just want to see five-star matches. They want to see work rate. There's lots of times where, you know, uh, I heard somebody say the other day, there's, you know, people want to see little, little guys want to do suplexes that don't look like they're trying on big guys and big guys want to do moonsaults off the top rope. But really, if you like professional wrestling, if you have any, if there's any inkling in you that likes old school wrestling at all with kind of a new twist, then you have Brody King versus Darby Allen. You have Darby Allen getting thrown around like a fucking rag doll, man. And you have Brody King ending up going over. Tremendous. I loved it. I loved the way it was booked. I loved the pacing of it. I loved the work of both guys. I've always said, I'm, I'm a fan of Darby Allen's in-ring work, and I thought he was tremendous in this match, and I thought Brody King was also, like, fucking awesome. With the Miro stuff, I agree with Jason. I don't want to see him with anybody. It's There there are no lone wolves in AEW. It would be nice to have one. I mean, it, Dean Ambrose, or sorry, Moxley used to be one. He's not one anymore, obviously. He's in Blackpool Combat Club. I want to see uh, Miro by himself. For sure. Um Sting, you know, whatever. Like, Sting, keep doing your thing, man. People love him. God bless him. Keep, I mean, keep him on the card as long as he wants to be diving around there as long as he's still healthy. Yeah. Like, that. He's earned that right. He's undeniable now. I mean, he really he's is the like. Most, the most amazing career, the most amazing comeback I've ever seen of any wrestler. And that's not Shawn just Michaels. me being a Sting fan. The come. Oh yeah, but like Sting's older than John Michaels. He, Shawn Michaels that's what had I mean. Shawn Michaels had he had a comeback, but he was still like young. I mean, Kurt Angle won an Olympic gold medal with a broken, broken freaking neck. <laughs> I just mean for old guys, you know. No, I just want to say it. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. think that I think that Sting's resurgence is nothing short of remarkable. It re- I mean, he he's obviously having fun doing it. Like, he's loving it. He's jumping off of fucking shit. Everything. He's, he's getting caught by four guys at a time, you know. He obviously likes it. And my biggest thing against Sting was, like, it was all just fucking Stinger splashes and, you know, Scorpion death drops. And he's doing all sorts of shit now, man. Good for him. God bless him. He's, yeah. what Taking is he, over 64, 65 or yeah, something? Yeah, we just recently t- did his birthday, so he's in the 60s for sure. I think he's 63. I think he might have just turned 64. Uh... So, all right, we had uh, Cole Carter, formerly known as Two Dimes, interrupting a promo with uh, Ricky Starks and Tara Asab. So he's going to challenge Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship because that's important. Uh-uh, stop. And uh, so that comes up later. We'll talk about it later. Uh, it was a little funny that uh, Ricky Starks said last time we saw you, you were sleeping with the fishes, which... <laughs> All 17 NXT fans that watch AEW got that joke. Um, Man, I watch NXT and I didn't get that joke. Well, I, I don't watch NXT and I got the joke. I didn't know who the fuck he was. Oh, Jesus Christ. thought, who is this good-looking kid? He looks like Jimmy from Boardwalk I did, Empire. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know it was him. I, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what he looks like. I never tripped off of that until you just said that. He totally does. Obviously more built, but just, yeah, he does look at him. That's crazy talk. I didn't know it was him, but once once I found out it was him, it made more sense because I didn't know about that angle. But I 
I couldn't have picked this guy out of a lineup. He was like 2.0 a year ago. Couldn't have told you who he was. Well, um, as Tony Two Dimes or whatever the fuck his name was, he always wore sunglasses and like a fedora. It's like he never, he never really wrestled without his sunglasses on. Okay. See, that's where you watch just, more than I do. I just know the end of the, the I do res, like, end result was I do they, like threw Tony ass, they threw his ass yeah. into the lake. Okay, that's what I know. <laughs> the fact that you watch that, you don't know that. I mean, that's crazy. I watch it tangentially, like I'm. <laughs> it's on in the background. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading a book or fucking putting the kid away or putting the kid away. <laughs> like she, like she, like she, Let me pack like, up the kid. Like she's my golf clubs. I'm putting the kid away. You know. Wherever the fuck she sleeps. Yeah, you know, just throw her around. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm sorry, Mom. I'm a bad son. Go ahead, Two Beer. <laughs> All right, we had uh, John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta versus Best Friends. Uh, this was the highlight of the night for me. Uh, I really liked this. The storytelling was really, really good. Uh, you know, the whole idea was that Tremperetta hated Wheeler Yuta. He thought that he took advantage of his best friends, uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy, who was sleeping on their couch. Kind of did. And, yeah, and, Orange Ca- and then, yeah, K-Fabe Sally totally did. And then as soon as he saw a better, sexier, cooler group, he made his move. And, you know, he went and he stopped sitting uh, at the nerd lunch table and he went and sat at the popular kids' lunch table. And the popular kids rebuffed him for a couple days. But then eventually they're like, you know what? Yeah, Wheeler, like, you can sit here. So we had Orange Cassidy on commentary, which is always good for me. To, to Love be on, that. To be honest, though, like, kayfabe style, if kayfabe we style. if Wheeler Utah, Wheeler Utah did that, that would be like me playing bass for my old band and then, like, you know, like the strokes come along and they're like, hey, Bill, uh, do you want to come play bass for us on tour? And I'd have to be like, peace out, dudes that I know from St. Louis. Like, I'm going I'm on fuck, tour, yeah, yeah, LA, do yes, coke, and yes, play in front of thousands yes, of people every yes, night. Uh, yeah, okay, and I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, Chuck Taylor. <laughs> sorry your feelings got hurt, <laughs> okay. small potatoes. Okay, sorry, Trent. I they know you change, doing your should, thing in New they Japan. Should, they should change the name of the best friends to Small Potatoes. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You are you are oh, side dish. Like that. that goes all. <laughs> you a side dish. I'm sorry. Peace out. Okay. Even even in the kayfabe style mode, I am not mad at Will Yuta at at all. Okay. The man is trying to aspire to the next level. Best friends had took him to a certain point, and I'm sorry. That is the cap. If he wants to move up and be a better wrestler, he has to move along. There is nothing wrong with that. I watch way too many sports. This is, to me, one guy that's on a team that is okay or good, and he moves to the next team that's even better. I have no problem with Will to moving on. Yeah, uh, I love this match, though. They had really great storytelling. And like I said, Orange Cassidy on commentary will never stop being funny to me. But it completely was so impactful to the storytelling when Wheeler Yoda like ended up doing this like super convoluted pin on Trent Beretta and yeah the seatbelt pin and uh got the three count and Orange just says Chuck taught him that pin and he throws his headset (laughs) off and it's like my heart was breaking man I missed that that sounds really good that sounds really funny so sad yeah um, side note. Anyway, I will, I will say real quick, sorry, yep. before your, that side note, um, 
this match got me thinking. So there's rumors of Kia Mega coming back and all out. You know, Young Bucks don't have any belts. They're, we know the trio's titles exist right now. And the Elite sound like the quintessential example of holding those trio's titles. But I think you give them to the best friends because these guys are tried and true. They're great every night that you put them out there and you got to give the people what they want. <laughs> and I think that they get, I think best friends should have those trio titles. Can't argue with that. Did you guys see what George or George, did you guys see what Jim Cornette said about Wardlow? No, it's man. It's like Jim Cornette. His whole money now is just based off of, uh, just hating on AEW. But he was talking about Wardlow, and he said, I'm speaking to Wardlow directly right now because he hated the way that Wardlow was presented in that match with Orange Cassidy. He's like, and then he goes, he goes, do me a favor. And he gave out uh, four phone numbers, and it was uh, Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard. Like, he gave out his phone numbers on the podcast, and they beeped him out. He was like, call them. He's like, you need to sign with WWE. He's like, this this promotion doesn't know how to build anybody. This promotion, he's like, you built, he's like, you got over uh, on your own. The promotion didn't do anything for you. You and MJF need to go to WWE as soon as possible. Jim Cornette is, I think it's a work now. I'm starting to think it's oh, a yeah. work. I'm starting to think it's a I, work. He's working his audience. Yes. I guess. Yeah, he has an audience, and those are the people that continue to give him money. He's just a grifter at this point. He's like a carny grifter. He's just like Trump. Trump doesn't believe any of the shit that he says, but mm, I don't people know about give him it. money for saying it. Yeah, that dude's an, all he cares about is himself and money. Like, he doesn't care about wait, anything. Wait, are you talking about Jim Cornette still? <laughs> They're one and the same. Okay. I was going to say, does it matter? Trump Cornette 24. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck saying, that, Cornette <laughs> Trump 24. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we already yeah. saw Trump running the fucking country. We can get Jim Cornette a roll. What the fuck? I will say uh, this. Uh, just one yeah, quick sidebar on the, on the match itself. I kind of found it interesting that Best Friends was being a little uh, heelish at certain points. Uh, not saying that they're going to flip, but... You mean after the chainsaw last week? Yeah. <sighs> Okay, chainsaw aside, okay, I don't. I think that was more for us to get our giggle in and kick them out of the uh, the ringside area versus them, you know, go, going down that heel road. I just okay, we can if you want to throw the chainsaw out there, that's fine. I just thought, especially in this particular match, I saw them being a little more heelish than I normally see them. I don't know if that's a scenario where they're trying to play into the jealousy of Trent versus uh, Will Yuta, or this might be something bigger to come. It just felt like it, this wasn't the best friends team that I'm used to seeing, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I think it was probably just more uh, being uh, pitted against the biggest baby face in the company. It was yeah. probably more... I guess, and that was my other point. I guess I'm not a huge fan of singles wrestlers, even if they're singles champions, beating the established tag team. Oh yeah, yeah, because best friends are more tag team specialists, right? And this is this should be up their alley. I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's Moxley and Will Yuta. It's more so Moxley than anything else. Moxley's not going to be on the losing side. Damn sure is not going to take the pin, but. It just felt a little off where tag team specialists lose a tag team match to two singles guys. Sure. Uh, 
So we had Daniel Garcia, you know, calling out Yuta because they have a ROH Pure Championship Oof. match. Uh, first of all, like, all right, I'm looking forward to this pay per view, dude. I'm yes, looking forward to yes, sir. FDR way more than Briscoes. Way more which, than SummerSlam. Yeah, which we'll talk. We'll talk about after Briscoes coming up, but I'm looking forward to this pay per view, and we'll talk about the whole thing coming up. Uh, we'll do a rundown, but um, like, they got fifty bucks from me last month. They got 50 bucks from me the month before. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not on the up and up on this one. Like, I can't throw 40 bucks out at this thing. Like, my fandom of AEW cannot be a $50 a month <laughs> fandom. Like, I don't have that kind of, like, just expendable income on top of, like, how expensive everything else is in the world right now. I wish I did. To support them, like I'm gonna watch this, but it ain't gonna be on the up and up. And I feel <laughs> bad about that because I really do want to see it. But I mean, if they would include it in the Honor Club, you know, if it was like the ten buck a month Honor Club thing, then that'd be cool. But they're not. No, they can, so they definitely need to get that shit together. One. No, they did. They need to get that shit together in some form or fashion, especially when they were, you know, kind of building this card, the Death Before Dishonor card on AEW. It's fine. I get it. You just you don't have that means to build it on another platform, whether it's, you know, their own ROH show on Fill in the Blank channel, or like I said, last week you could do it on YouTube. There just needs to be a different ROH entity at this point. If you want to do a crossover from time to time with AEW, that's great. But ROH, especially now when, you know, you have – this big pay-per-view coming up, it needs its own time to develop that pay-per-view card and then it, the roster along with that. So, I mean, I, I do get your point, but I guess for what it is right now, the landscape of it, this is the best that Tony Khan can do. He's just he's doing it in Tony Khan style. You know, it's boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm – kind of fine with them being on the same tv show right now that doesn't bother me as much it's just asking me for that much money it's very presumptuous um Shit. because yeah, they come it. they come at us four times a year and now all of a sudden it's like every literally every single month like it, it's no it's just it's just it's coming up right now where a, a lot of their pay-per-views have come up in a clump before before yeah. Forbidden Door, there was only four. Before ROH, there was only four. So, like I said, Forbidden Door is probably going to be the fifth, you know, AEW pay-per-view. Once they get... Which I'm happy to pay for. Yeah, for sure. Once they get to a point where they have ROH with their own TV deal, hopefully, with their own, you know, channel, hopefully, they can do ROH on its own the way that I grew up with it when it was on, you know, channel 30 on Sunday mornings and shit, you know, I'd watch it then. That's what I'm looking for, for a uh, ring of honor at this point. And even if it was like, you no, know, like 20 bucks, like, you know, it's Dude, just a lot. There's no up, way, you know you, I mean? there's no way you're going to get away with paying, giving a, that would be giving it away. Claudio versus Jonathan Gresham, I think is going to be amazing. Briscoe's FTR two out of three falls, I think is going to be amazing. Willow Universe versus Daniel Garcia, I think is going to be amazing. That right there is for me is enough to pay for. You can throw me anything else at that point. How much is the pay per view? I don't know. I was going to say thirty. I think it's, it's on fight. Okay, it's on fight TV. I, that's what I was going to say. I don't know exactly how much. I'll pull it up right now, but uh, I think it is. It's at least thirty five. It could be forty. I think it's forty. So that's where I was just like, 
I don't know, maybe it's just me being A, poor, and B, <laughs> cheap. But I'm just like, dude, like, come on. Like, every single month you're going to try to hit me up for this money? Um, if they were smart, they would just, you know, make that a part of Honor Club and then build it that way. So now you have subs for Honor Club. You have the back library the way it's supposed to meant to be. And then you have people just like WWE uh, and Peacock or whatever. Before Peacock, you had WWE Network. You wanted to watch the pay-per-view, you got to sign up for Honor Club. That's what I mean. Like, they, so they could do they could do a pay-per-view every three, yeah, four months. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Shit, do one every month. $10, I'll, yeah, I'll pay $10 a month, but, like, it's 35 It's thirty four ninety nine. Um, That's what it is. That's not Actually, bad. No, this is like, no, well, this is like the 2016. Why are you showing me 2016? That still sounds right. Um, Thirty four ninety nine. That's what I thought it was originally. But yeah, that's not bad. It, it's just the difference between I'll pay ten bucks a month and then you show me a pay per view every four months or whatever. But that it's just a different way of looking at it. Um, I don't know. But that's my own personal take. I'm not saying it's bad business. Um, I mean, shit. UFC, you they charge like seventy five dollars like every pay per view, and then you have to be an ESPN Plus subscriber already. Um, and like, so if you add up, if you, watch all, if you watch all the UFC pay-per-views, it's like $1,600 a year. So, at least we're not doing a UFC podcast. Um, anyway, uh, we had some sports entertainment. Um, I know I just mentioned <laughs> Daniel Garcia, but he wasn't it. Right. Uh, we had some sports entertainment. We had some uh, swerve in our glory, and I swear to Christ, that's the last time you hear me say that name. <laughs> I said this last we week had, too. I said that's the worst tag team name, right? It's not a very good. I just rather you say Keith Lee and Source Rickland be done with it. I mean, that's worse than like overturning Roe v. Wade. It's bad. So, <laughs> uh, okay, just, it's not a once again in the words of Bill Vagie, it's not a visual medium. But the face when you said that, my look is like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the name of your the name of your tag team should not be a sentence. <laughs> yeah, like an actual like. Phrase. Like that. That's that's my whole thing. It's, nope, no it's, argument. It's, it's no should, argument. It includes a prepositional phrase. Yeah, it's a, it's an imperative <laughs> sentence where the you is understood and the verb is swerve. It's like, you swerve in our glory. It's like, no. It's like, no, I don't. In fact, I reject nope. this. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Go ahead, black people. Go ahead. Do your thing, baby. World champs. And oh, all. man, I got something to say about... Yeah, I did not like this segment. Black people later on in the in the show. Oh, uh, go, oh <laughs> good thing I'm not going uh, anywhere. I got, I got, I got, I got. Oh, good. I got. No, 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 no. Please go ahead. No, no, no. no it, it, comes up la- it comes up later. It comes up later. <laughs> Let me get comfortable with this. Uh, I got something to say about black people. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna hold it around. All right, before we keep hijacking two beers, spot. I'll just say this. The swerve in our glory spot, my biggest problem with it is not even the fact of swerve and Keith Lee. It's the fact that Tony Neeson's ass comes out and gets dropped by whoever the rap artist is. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who this guy is. Tony Nese cannot be getting laid out. Oh, so Vice is here. Vice stopped by. Hello, Vice. Vice says it's Big Pun's son. What's his name? Okay, Kevin, Kevin Gates. Gates. Okay. It was Kevin Gates. That's Big Pun's son. 
Shit, that's that's just, what Bo says, and Bo knows. I was getting ready to say it. Now that he said that, it kind of I can kind of see the the smaller resemblance. I mean, especially I guess they all look alike to you, huh, Jason? Yeah, I bet they look alike to you too. Motherfucking can't even tell Matt and Nick Jackson apart. You gonna they talk ain't shit? They black. They white. You should be able to tell the white people apart. <laughs> no, I should. <laughs> yes, you should. As a white man, you should be able to tell the white people apart. You leave me with the color. I can folks. tell Swerve and Keith Lee apart. Look at you. <laughs> Swerve's a big one. Swerve's a big Look one, at right? The brain on Big Brad. <laughs> Swerve's a big one. Yes. <laughs> I don't like yeah, that. Keith Tony Lee needs. has the uh, the limitless pass of the Golden Buffet. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, shit. YouTube body shaming. As Jason said, this is your safe haven, <laughs> listeners. This is the safe haven. Save yourselves, motherfucker. All right, Zach, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so some sports entertainment. Um, you know, this could have been deleted, but, uh, you know, it lets them have a little bit of a moment with uh, the belts and kind of a celebration for them. And then it got some Atlanta, the first of two Atlanta rappers on the, the program. So we got some mainstream media. And honestly, when I Googled Kevin Gates, the first thing that popped up was TMZ, and it was him on AEW last night. So good for them. I mean, I, I get why they did this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, also, usually when there's a cake in the face situation in wrestling, they the person doesn't always take the whole cake in the face. Mark Sterling took every bit of cake into the face. Uh, there was not a single bit of Mark Sterling that was not covered in cake. That is, it was perfect. Yeah, that is so... WWE. WWE, 4th of July, SmackDown type shit. It's Here's, like, yeah. oh, it's a it's a holiday, it's a holiday SmackDown, Smackdown. so yes. somebody's taking a cake in yes. the face, and it's going to be Chad Gable or yes. R-Truth or something. Yes. And it's like so... It's, it's just... I thought you guys were supposed oh, to be the alternative. I didn't like it. Now, I didn't like it, but it's actually further back. It's old, older school wrestling than that because WWE does that terrible shit uh, on the, uh, you know, the holidays and stuff. But this is like very old school wrestling, like the, the cake in the face, the pie in the face thing. Uh, it's older than that. Uh, I'm not saying it's particularly great or anything. It's just it was this was a very old school angle, um, in my opinion. That's the track you're going. That. Yeah, that's what. Okay, all right. He, no, he died on that hill. Let him, let him die. Right. <laughs> let him go. I mean, this, this, this we can kick him off. No, he dead. Let, let him go. <laughs> all right. What was next? I don't know. Uh, so, uh, Varsity Blondes versus Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Um, this is interesting. I'm interested to see what you guys uh, think about this. So, you know, basically. Luchasaurus runs through these guys uh, just in time for Christian Cage to get the, the pinfall. But uh, I like how Christian Cage, he got tagged in and he told Luchasaurus, he's like, get, get the out. fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> get off. That was my favorite part of it. I was get like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, dude, come it was on. so good. It was so good. But then Jungle Boy's music hits and, you know, the Baltimore, uh, and everybody goes crazy. And Jungle Boy comes out, you know, with the chair. He's got the equalizer. Luchasaurus stands in the in the way, and he just they look at each other, and uh, Jungle Boy kind of grabs the, the chair like he's ready to hit Luchasaurus, and Luchasaurus just steps to the side and lets Christian Cage run. So I didn't love this. Uh, I mean, it popped the crowd, 
oh, what, Luchasaurus is heel for like three weeks? I was really into this Luchasaurus heel shit. Like, what? It, it seems just incredibly rushed to me. Um, so if you want to timestamp, you know, we can timestamp all the time Zach's critical of AEW because it does exist. You know, we're you're actually very fair. No matter what Jason says, you're actually very fair. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm being honest. The pie in the face thing gave me a little bit of pause, but besides that, you're usually very fair. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't like this. What did you guys think? Uh, I hated it. I I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, why don't you, especially with AEW, they're so good about telling long stories. Why don't you tell a story about Jungle Boy coming in and Luchasaurus turning on him, or at least Luchasaurus showing, man, here I am, a grown man talking about a guy named Luchasaurus, <laughs> uh, and maybe have Luchasaurus like kind of play it out for a month, you know? I, I I don't I this was it really seemed like this was the the only reason they did this was to pop a crowd. It would have been so much better in my mind if I have if I have the pencil where Luchasaurus beats down Jungle Boy. Like Jungle Boy comes back, he gets the big reaction, his music plays, everybody sings along with it, and then uh Luchasaurus Makes it look like I was hoping that Luchasaurus was going to make it look like he was standing with Jungle Boy, and then turn on him again, and then they fuck Jungle Boy Me up. Too. That's exactly what I was hoping. I was that's like, oh, what that's what I thought was going to happen. So he can give him like a Russian leg sweep. Yes, that would have been man. That that would have been money. Actually, that would have been fucking badass. I, uh, I I I legit as, as much as I can hate something in wrestling, which is not very much at all because I only hate it when I'm talking about it here. But, man, I fucking hated it. Yeah, I agree. Um, it just it felt really rushed. Um, so rushed. Where Luchasaurus wearing all black, sorry, but Luchasaurus wearing the all black mask with the black tongue instead of the green and the green tongue, they got me caring about it. I, I wanted like, to see where I it was goes. Into it. I wanted to see now you have Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy in the same spot. I love Christian Cage as a heel. I mean, I oh, just yeah. love him so much. Yeah. But I love him with the heater also. I think, and that's what I think part of the problem is, at least with the three of us, is that we imagine that Jungle Boy would have to go through Luchasaurus to get to Christian Cage. And that's usually how it works. It made sense that way. The fact that it would... It's only been a few weeks, and now Luchasaurus inexplicably flipped on Jungle Boy to begin with, and now, only a few weeks later, has flipped again. Maybe they have a longer story to tell. I hope they do. If this is okay, it's already they've already kind of jacked it up because they they've jacked up the Luchasaurus portion of the program for sure. Stick, Which was the wild card, right? Stick. I have much more. I'm agreeing with you. I got much more interest in a heel Luchasaurus versus, you know, what we've seen before. We've seen that before. Wait, what'd you say? I had much more interest. No, before in that, a, you said. Um, he said they jacked up the Luchasaurus portion. No, of the and then you said, I'm a, you said I'm a. Gr- I'm agreeing with you. He's heating up. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm still dying. No, That's got to be like an all-time favorite sentence of mine. It's a brand new sentence that nobody's ever said in their entire lives. Just they jacked up the Lucian Thornton portion of the Well, they did jack it up. They jacked it up. I mean, come on, they man. They did. They jacked it that, up. That's some big show shit. 
That's some big show <laughs> shit. He would be a heel on week one, and then on by week four, he flips to babyface. You can't do that. Okay, we just made him a heel, and it just really started to get good. And now you bring Jungle Boy back. Now I'm like, okay, are you going to whack this motherfucker with the chair? I'd rather them just have the face-to-face and tell us why he flipped on Jungle Boy to begin with. We never got Name that. Name this episode they jacked up the Luchasaurus portion of the program. 266. Okay, there we go. I love that. <laughs> I just don't get it. I'm not a huge fan of it. I hope there is something bigger than this, but I, I don't know where they go with this now because now I'm just like, okay, just bring me Jungle Boy and Christian Cage for all out and let's just move on. We're all in agreement. Uh, are we also all in agreement that uh, whichever gun club son uh, challenging the acclaim to a rap battle is a terrible idea? Horrible. More sports just, entertainment. Well, it's not just for them as a bad idea because they'll lose, but it's oh, also yeah. going to be a bad. It's going to be a bad segment. Yes, very much. Not so. only is it going to be a bad segment, but the one gun club brother who is not the one in the rap battle, Colton. <laughs> that guy looks like a fucking buster. Like I have never noticed. <laughs> I have never noticed that dude's haircut or what his fucking chest looks like. It's like, dude, either get on steroids, shave your head, or get the fuck off my TV because you look like a fucking <laughs> buster, dude. He looks like, like if you come across like, uh, you know, like a foursome when you're playing golf and you're talking to three of them and there's one that's clearly a douche and he's kind of hanging back and he's kind of talking about stuff like in the background. He's saying stuff that's not funny and like everybody's having a good time except you're like, oh, I'm com- I'm going to completely ignore this <laughs> asshole back there. That's what that dude looks like. I fucking hate that. That dude, that dude. I mean, maybe he can wrestle. I don't know. I don't really watch Gun Club fucking segments. <laughs> like, but fuck, man, that he guy does, looks. He that guy stand looks out. Fucked. Oh, he stands out. He stands out I'm, like a I'm fucking in ring motherfucker. I've never noticed that guy before, and I was like, man, I wish I never saw this dude talk. <laughs> That's like a dude with like a 90 IQ whose dad was fucking rich who gets this great job like fucking making tons of money at some financial firm and he just fucking fails upward the entire time. Marries some some super hot chick, but he's got no idea how to go down on a woman. He's just a fucking idiot. That's what that guy looks to. What's his name? Colton? You know what his you know what you know what their real last name is? I don't know. It's Kip. That's right. Billy Gunn's name is Brian Kip. Billy Gunn's name is Monty Kip. That's his name in real life. So you're saying that guy's name is Colton Kip? I don't. Okay, look. I'm calling that guy out right now. Come find me, Colton Kip. I will fucking whoop your ass. (laughs) We are going to have with your fucking weird looking chest. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh my god. Bill can take a chop, so this might actually be interesting. (laughs) I won't have to take a chop from Colton Kip. Guy will be eating out of my fucking ass before the end of the fucking night. Fuck. God damn, that guy's weird. I'm so glad I did not take a drink. Anyway, here's what happened. Right, <laughs> safe haven, my ass. I just hate. The I'm w- turning this shit off. I hate the way that guy looks. I hate the way he this looks. Is not, 
this is not how I expected the discussion of not at all. The brief discussion of the rap. <laughs> yeah, that is a no. weird. That's a weird look at dude. I would just say rap battle sucks. We're moving on. <laughs> this motherfucker weird. He's I'm like, actually kind of looking forward to the going- rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> He talked himself into it. No, I was actually kind of looking forward to what happened. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Bill just sold the rap battle better than Austin, Billy, or (laughs) Watch if Austin loses, Bill Veggie comes from the stands next week on the Band for Ringside podcast. Colton Gip. Eating out of my ass. Eating out of my ass. <laughs> Better than the, the Luchasaurus portion of our program, okay? <laughs> guys, like, it's just so uncomfortable just looking at him. It's like, ugh, God. Move on, Zach. Move on. <laughs> All right. So we had a FTW championship match. Cole Carter versus Absolute Ricky Starks. Um, you know, not much to say here. Uh, Ricky Starks is ready for the main event. Cole Carter is barely ready for television. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I you guys agree. thought it was that bad of a match? I agree 100%. Okay. I think Ricky Starks fucking rules. I think Cole Carter, you know, it was a nice little 3 minutes that he had, but I'm glad that Ricky that I'm glad that Ricky Starks squashed him basically. Now Coming, what happened next is where me and Zach are going to split. I guarantee. You. I, oh yeah, I, I'm waiting for this. Oh yeah, so um, you know he, he finishes Cole Carter, you know, pretty quickly, and says he's got more in the tank. So <laughs> he asks for another uh, another contender, and Danhausen comes out, and uh, of course, uh, Nikki starts being a heel. He's like, ah, well, he's like, I, <laughs> tank, I was really talking about next week. And then he said, like, one of the greatest lines, like, everybody starts booing when he said he was talking about next week. He's like, ah, oh, shut up, idiots. You could watch it on TV. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you act like you ain't going to see this if it happens right here, right now. Ricky Starks is, I'll tell you what. He's money. You know what he's doing. He's heating up. He is starting to, <laughs> he's starting to, like, feel his oats. You know what I mean? Like, he's starting to get what his character is and really starting to, you know, become himself on the mic. I I I've never thought his problem was on the mic. I think he's a great promo. He's one of those guys that you can give the microphone to at any point. I think the BFR podcast shit. has been very pro Ricky Starks for sure from the jump. For yeah. sure, I liked him in NWA. I thought he would be somebody that if he came to AEW, he would be good for AEW. And it's a slow incline up. I'm not asking for a rocket ship to the title. I'm just making I just want to make sure that Ricky Starks is in the conversation a year from now, two years from now, five years from now if he stays with AEW. Um, Dan Housen coming out is interesting in the sense is because it's it's the fact that it's the FTW championship and it doesn't have, it doesn't, you know, suit Dan Housen very well. Now, if you want to play the, you know, I don't give a shit about the FTW title, then you give it to Danhausen next week. If not, I would like to still see Ricky Starks hold on to that for as long as humanly possible until we get him a, I won't say legitimate, but a recognized AEW championship, whether it's tag team, or singles, you, whatever. I tell you why Danhausen came out. Uh, it's because of the connection with Hook. Hook's the next FTW champion. Good call. Yeah, yeah, like, that now, makes I, sense. If that's where they go, if Hook beats Ricky Starks, which that would cause, obviously, friction in the Team Taz house. Can I ask a super stupid question? No such thing as stupid questions. 
<laughs> Where'd the FTW belt come from? Is it? Was it? It's a Taz creation. Um, That's it. It was yep. the ECW at the time. Uh, what they say? It's only been four guys to ever hold it: Ricky Starks, Taz. Uh, Brian, Cage. Brian Cage, and then there was somebody in between Sabu. So that's your four guys. So I mean, a lot of this was Sabu. It. Sabu took it; had to take it off of Taz. So it was just Taz and Sabu until AEW came around. Well, I won't say them. Yep. Fight, I won't say it was those <laughs> two fighting for the title. <laughs> you know, like it was the dope, only two. Actually. I kind of like <laughs> in that, that division. But yeah, I was going to say you got those are your four FTW champions. So in that scenario, it would be a little weird if we put Danhausen as number five. If we did that, I would. If it's Hook, if it's Danhausen, then Ricky Starks needs to move up. That's ultimately where I'm going with it. I got some Sabu coming on later in the pod. The fuck? Well, there's a barbed wire match, and you know oh, Sabu, yeah, yeah. Sabu, oh, yeah. Sabu yeah, had yeah, some yeah. good yeah, barbed wire yeah, matches. Yeah, okay. All right, what was next? Uh, then we had. I did say that the highlight of the the mat, the match highlight of the show for me was uh, that tag team match, but the absolute highlight of the show for me was. This FTR promo, which the first part was Cash Wheeler, you know, just talking about the Briscoes. And the second part, they give this microphone to Dax Harwood. And he, like, this is like my promo of the year right now. Like, spoiler alert, uh, we're at uh, July. So, I mean, we're in the back half of the year. This is my promo of the year uh, for the Beavers, where Dax Harwood cut the promo saying, there was a five-year-old girl, went to the doctor, found out, you know, they put that stethoscope on her chest and her back, found out she had a hole in her heart. She had a regular heartbeat, and they told that little girl that if you work hard and you do everything right, that maybe, maybe you can avoid open-heart surgery. And that little girl went to the doctor when she was eight years old after working her ass off, and they told her that she doesn't need surgery, and that little girl was my daughter. I'm just like, oh my god! And he's like, Rick goes, he's like, whenever you see me at Death Before Dishonor, I'm gonna fight like an eight year old girl. <laughs> That's a girl, Dad. That's a girl, <laughs> That's a girl, girl Dad. dad. For you. No, it, yep. it, he he made it come full circle, and that's what the great part about. I'm talking it is. about Zach. <laughs> yeah, it was just like you two. It was like that. It was like what? that. You, you remember the Super Bowl oh, yeah, commercial, the fight, the fight like a girl, the the run like a girl, the throw like a girl commercial from the Super Bowl a few years back. Ronda Rousey, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, you know, like, I was, like, crying at the Super Bowl, like, watching that shit. It was just, like, so, so, so great. No, I fell Uh, asleep when you mentioned Ronda Rousey. Not the promo. uh, (laughs) No, I know. He was honest, yeah. God damn, you ain't shit, man. What the fuck? I mean, this this was a good promo. I... No, it was a great promo. I knew that it was his daughter from the beginning, though. Like, that wasn't Even a surprise, was, was it? No, well, you know that would be somebody related. Just, yeah. Okay, Here, here's my whole thing about this promo, and I'm going to pour some water on. Uh, I'm going to pour <laughs> some water on Zach's take. Uh, Cash Wheeler. Is that his name? That's yeah. his name, right? Look at yeah. you. Cash Wheeler. <laughs> he was the first guy that talked. Look at you. <laughs> My boy, tell the white people apart. With a haircut like my 15-year-old nephew. Stop. He does. He's got the exact same haircut. (laughs) Bo sees him. (laughs) Let that man live. Okay? I ain't going to talk about nobody that's got hair around here. That guy is on the mic. Not in the ring. He's good. 
on the mic, he is a charisma black hole. Like, just, he just sucks. He seems like somebody that's going out there to talk about a charity that's never been on TV before. He's like, I'm I'm never going to get used to that type of reaction. Hey, people. I don't, look, I don't, oh, I, still, I still don't get it. But it's hard for me to wrap my head around. You don't around get the, the FTR thing? It's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that FTR are baby faces and big time baby faces. When the Bucks came out two weeks before and they were talking that a whole crowd was chanting FTR, that's Dex, still Dex weird Harwood. To me. Dex Harwood is an easy baby face. Easy baby face. I, I see it now. In the ring, Cash Wheeler in the ring is the is, is a ba- easy baby face. Yep, he 100%. he can fight underneath. Whether whether Dax versus Dax, who I think, God forbid, if FTR broke apart, Dax could be easily that promo right there showed that Dax can be a singles guy if you broke FTR apart. Of Cash Wheeler would be the one that would of be. Course, F- but F-O-L. we've known that for two years now, though. I won't say that. I mean, I think it's been really reinforced this the, year. Remember that WrestleMania when DX came out and beat him up. Or that wasn't WrestleMania. It was Raw, fifteen hundred or something. They were at the, the ball the ballroom. They weren't in the main place. Do you remember that? Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. It was the uh, the whole too sweet thing where it was like yeah, the Bullet DX Club. came yeah, out yeah, and yeah, beat yeah, up yeah, the yeah, revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dax Hartwood was great in that segment. His buddy, not so much. What were their names in WWE? I know you ain't going to sit up here and try to ask me this question. What would you tell me? What their name were? Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, Jesus Dash, Dash Wilder and uh, Darjeeling Limited. <laughs> Scott Dawson. Scott Dawson. No, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> never would have gotten that. Oh yeah, Dash and Dawson. Okay, all right. Okay. Anyway, like I, I like this. I like this segment. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice, easy, simple build to, for the FTR Briscoes. Didn't want to shit on uh, Zach's point, but I wanted to shit on Zach's point. <laughs> <laughs> What's right, next to so, here? Um, <laughs> we had uh, Jermaine Dupree and Stokely Hathaway coming down with uh, Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan for a match against Athena and Willow Nightingale. Uh, literally, like, like, it's funny. Like, I was thinking this. And I'm not saying this is why, and I'm not being critical, but it's just like, oh, we got like, uh, you know, black tag team champions. Let's get like Kevin Gates out there. Uh, oh, like now, now we got a match with like all the black women. Let's just get your main Dupree, Dupree out there. And I'm he's like, like ah. after the party, it's the after party. party. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Jermaine Dupree's from Atlanta. I get it. I get it. Yep. It's I'm just too much, man. Damn. Outcast ain't got shit to do. They got time for AEW, man. Fuck that. You ain't cutting the check big enough for Outcast at this point. Especially yeah. when they can't get along. Shit. Ain't no way. Andre 3000 <laughs> wants a little bit more than 3000. You're going to have to cut two checks. One for Big Boy and one for Andre 3000. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know. Uh, Jade Cargill pins Willow Nightingale. Uh, Max was like fine. Uh, Athena was kind of the breakout here. Um, you know, Jade's very impressive, but um, you know, she just needs more time in the ring. And that's really all I have to say about this. 
one thing I will say about this match is the person that wasn't in the match is Chris Statlander. Brett from uh, Brain Buster Boys, obviously part of the uh, Visionary Goals Media Network. Go check them out if you have the chance. I suggest you do. He threw out, threw out something to me about Chris Statlander flipping heel, and I kind of brushed it off. To, last night's segment where they, uh, where they had Willow, Chris Statlander, and Athena backstage, Chris Statlander didn't seem like she was – necessarily happy that she wasn't in the match yeah now that she, they, like she was kind of last to join into their little right and now you know willow took the loss so now it's you know if you're chris statlander you've been passed over a couple times you know you've lost the aw championship match at least once i think she had a second match she lost that too now if you're chris statlander i think this might be the time if you want to flip her you can flip her here Okay, so this is the part of the show that I want to say where I was going to talk about black people, mm. right? So, Chris Tantlander gets taken out of the match. He's not black. And I, exactly. <laughs> I, want, I want to say this about Chris Tantlander. <laughs> like, she has been in AEW pretty much the entire time that AEW has been around. Uh, she's a fine wrestler. I could not give a fuck about Chris Tantlander. She just doesn't move the needle. And I don't mean that in a Zach Pullman way. Like, she doesn't <laughs> move the needle. Like, my dick's getting hard. I mean, she just doesn't we move the needle. You know what you mean, motherfucker. <laughs> no, like, when I say it's a euphemism for my dick getting hard, you know? But, <laughs> but I just... You know what you mean, motherfucker. <laughs> so, Chris Stantlander, fine. She's out of the match. Whatever. Now it's Jade Cargill, who is a star, is a star, is a star, is a big, bright, bright shiny star. star. Uh, she rings out Kira Hogan. Fine. Another lady of African descent. <laughs> Another African-American. I can't wait to see where this ends up. Versus Athena, who is a black woman, versus Willow Nightingale, who is a black woman, with Stokely Carmichael on the outside, who is a black man. It's I have said this. Way, but go I ahead. have. What did I say? Stokely Carmichael? Yeah. Oh, the Black Panther? Yeah, the Black Panther. No, no, sorry. (laughs) Cut that out. Cut that out. Uh, Stokely Stokely, uh, Hathaway. (laughs) I almost did it again. You just got me high. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Somebody who is a visual. Go ahead. The witness. But I've I've said this about Vince for a long time, and it seems like Tony Khan is doing the exact same thing. We're like, all black people have to be in the same segment. What the yep. fuck is that? Why do they do that? Does it? Do they think it looks Between better on TV? It's the skirt business. It's just so fucking weird to me that they're that like okay, so they have all these segments. With no black people, you know, swerving our glory is in there, and then it's basically a comedy segment with a big pun son. <laughs> uh, like it couldn't get more black. They're like, who else could it be? It's like, <laughs> oh, it's two shorts, uh, twin girls, or something. So then they, then there's no black people again. They even have Danhausen, who uh, they have tons of dudes wearing. Ricky makeup. Starks is black. We we made that joke. Ricky Starks is black. Okay, yeah. So is Powerhouse Hobbs, though. He's in a tag team with a black dude. He, Ricky Starks is black. If you look like Tiger, you're on our side. Listen, <laughs> you listen, are too Tiger looking. I'm not here to judge anybody's blackness. What I'm here doing is I'm judging the booking of these 
non-black people who feel the need to put all these black people in the same segment every time. It's kind of like segregation. I'm just saying, it's kind of fucking weird that it always happens like this. Why is there no white people? And I'm not saying white people need a bigger chance. I'm saying Jade Cargill needs a bigger chance. Okay, so if you're going to go that route where Jade Cargill... I, I, I hope that made sense. Did that make sense? It's it, it took the long way around, but we're there. Jade Cargill has to go over someone that is bigger than her. At this point, it's Britt Baker. And that's it. There is nobody else. I was going to say, Athena's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Britt Baker is the one of Caucasian descent that you would have her go over. From that point, I would have to kind of agree with it. It just, it felt WWE again. Jade needs to be like Goldberg. She is. I know until Sasha Banks comes back and beats her. <laughs> go, go move on, two beers. Move on. Now I'm not even entertaining Sasha Banks going to AEW just yet. All right, what's next, Zach? All right, uh, we're gonna drive our Mercedes straight to the barbed wire everywhere death match. Um, really, you know, started out with a, a bang. I mean, we had the fair go preseason. Lady come out get the shark cage. You knew there was gonna be shenanigans whenever. They showed Ruby Soho holding the key and the controls to the um, shark cage. But, you know, starts out with a bang. Jericho comes out as the pain maker. Eddie Kingston comes out, you know, stalking down the aisle, grabs the microphone out of Justin Roberts' hand, which is wrapped in barbed wire. There's barbed wire everywhere. Everywhere. And he starts smacking Chris Jericho in the head, who, like, just fully blades on camera like, just like he was not hiding it. Yeah. it was such a blade <laughs> you like yeah. oh, oh you hit me gotcha all right are we good no we're good we're it's, like, the camera off me. it's like no it's still on you he's like fuck, fuck it, it. <laughs> yeah which is what you do but you, you would think that the roll over man like, hey, roll like, over Give you're gonna, some you're gonna hit me yeah, it's like you're going to hit me with the barbed wire, and then you need to just focus on Eddie for 15 seconds. Just let me blade. <laughs> but yeah, we all just watched Chris Jericho blade. And, um, I mean, God bless as far him. as the match goes, they did a lot of stuff. I won't say anything bad about the match. I will say that Eddie Kingston should have won this match because no everybody doubt. wanted Eddie Kingston to win this what match. What is the point of putting Jericho over in this shit? What is the point yeah, besides uh, all the rep, <laughs> yeah. besides all the overbooking, which was very prevalent and was just over the top, you know, we had Anna J come down, turn heel on Ruby Soho, you know, steal the key, bring bring them down from the shark cage so they could slip out and interfere. Um, shit, they could have slipped out as far as I was concerned. They didn't even need the, the key to slip out. I'll Motherfuckers shimming out when uh Ty Conte couldn't even get the door open. Get the fuck out of here. The only reason they couldn't get yeah. out beforehand, it was just too high. Can yeah. I can I can I butt in here? Please do. Uh this was like this exemplified a lot of the worst things about AEW in a few ways. This match did. It was a match that everybody wanted to see. I'm not the biggest barbed wire fan match. I'm not the biggest death death match fan. Uh it's like barbed wire. It's like fine. It's like I'd rather watch. I'd rather, match. 
I, I'd rather watch shit just in the ring. I'd rather watch just two guys go at it in the ring and tell me a compelling story yeah, but for 20 I, minutes. But this is a blood feud at this point, so there has to be some sort of step. Okay, I guess, but barbed wire match ain't it. It's just so contrived, and it's so... That's not the point. I want to see this match. I want to see Eddie Kingston get his hands on Y2J. I want to see him make Y2J pay. First of all, he made him pay at the very end after he lost the match. So what's the point of him losing the match? This did not seem like a blow-off. This should be a blow-off type of match. And ding, it did ding, not ding, 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 It did ding, not ding. seem like a blow-off. Second of all, they were short on time, and they were short on time because TK shoves so much shit into every episode. He doesn't let anything breathe. I, and I, thi- I think he just wants... I, you know, this is me being generous, but I think he just wants to get guys on TV, get people, get gals on TV so they can get paid. I think that's why he has all sorts of factions everywhere. It, and I hope that's the case. The third thing is, uh, you know what? I forgot the third thing. The wrong guy went over. I mean, the wrong guy went over. That's that. That's the biggest point. I'm saying it and I'll continue to say it. I may look like an idiot. I may sound like an idiot, but that's okay. Oh, wait. I forgot. Sorry. I forgot the most important thing. It was overbooked to all hell. It was 13 minutes long, and three minutes of it was Anna Jay and Tay Conti. And and a minute of them was them trying to figure out the keys. Like, what the fuck? Why would you have this match between Jericho and... And then they had Black Bull Combat Club run down with Ortiz, and they get the fucking guys out of the shark cage. Terrible. Terrible. It was terrible. And also, the end of the match was really fucking sloppy. It's like they didn't know what they were trying to do with each other. Oh, it was so bad. It was really bad. Hey, Kingston missing the back fist. It was just like, you okay, see that's... Kingston just screamed, God damn it. He that, was so pissed. That was so overbooked, though. Like, he's got to shove Jericho into uh, Sugar Daddy or whatever the fuck his name is, and then they go for the back fist, and then Ricky Starks comes out? God damn. Talk about overbooked. It, it means that nothing else mattered in the buildup to this match. It's, like, you want to see this match. You want to see these two guys fight it out in kayfabe so that one guy can win. It's like watching a TV show from week to week. And then instead, everybody comes in and nothing matters. We're back to square one again. Ter- ter- terribly booked. And that's the, the biggest takeaway from it. Nothing has changed. We're going to get more of Eddie Kingston versus Jericho. And I said it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it. Jericho is the biggest winner from this whole feud. We've spilled it over from Santana Ortiz, and now we're going over to the Backbull Combat Club, and he Kingston, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's the like same Tony Khan feels like thing. he can't survive a loss. He could. He is this him could. getting his win back? Like, that's so stupid. It's Jericho. Jericho should not have to even be worried about that. If there's no anybody shit. in AEW that is Teflon Don, it's Chris Jericho. I'll tell you what, if Have fucking Eddie Seth Kingston Rollins could lose three times in a row Shit, to Cody more, Rhodes. Okay, in that scenario, yeah, it's three times to Cody, but Seth Rollins is taking a bunch of L's as of late. Anyway, I cut Zach off. We didn't get to hear the end of his thoughts. Zach was going to be like, uh, this is my favorite barbed wire match of all time. This was uh, <laughs> match of the year for me. 
No, I was just going to talk about take on these shorts, but uh, that's it. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It is not right. Hey, hey, hey. You ain't lying. Take on it. I knew a good. chick from Columbia. You knew a chick from Columbia. You remember that chick from Columbia you used to know? You used to go out with Herbst? Yes, I do. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. Mm. Oh, yeah. It looked like she should be wearing like a fruit basket on her head. Herbst, God, I kicked she was his so coverage hot. on that one. Totally out kicked his coverage. God bless him. Viviana. Yes. The dish. Mm-hmm. Hope she's listening. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts about AEW Dynamite? Oh, she ain't listening. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. All right. The three count is Ric Flair's final match. Did you guys watch the YouTube footage of the parking lot confrontation between Ric Flair? Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Karen Jarrett. Yes. <laughs> did you guys watch this? I did. I did. It was awesome. It was awesome. Dude, it's ridiculous. It really, I'm telling you what, Jay Lethal is good, man. Oh, yeah. Dude we, could act. No, without. He what? should be in the new Fast and Furious. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Jeff no. Jarrett can throw a work punch like nobody else. So, like, what? I was never the big Jeff Jarrett fan, like, in WWF when I was a kid, but. No, that I hate it, Jeff Jarrett. A, a Memphis, yeah, that dude throws a Memphis work punch, like, so good. No, I hated Jeff Jarrett when he was WWF. I just, I couldn't, I mean, it felt like he was trying to be, like, the next Shawn Michaels, and it was just, it never, ever really worked for me personally, as I've gotten a little old. Flair. That, too, especially, so more how, so than How good is, is Jeff Jarrett his own agent? Is Karen Jarrett his agent? Because coming up in the next two weeks... Back-to-back nights, yep. he is going to be the referee for the, wait, what is it? The Usos, Usos, and, uh, Usos Street, Street Profits in Nashville. And then the next night, he's fighting in Ric Flair's last match, which is Ric Flair and Andrade Cien Almas. I saw somebody call him Andrade, his Cien in law. <laughs> 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 Man, no. And Jay Lethal and Double J? Yeah, it's, it's going down. I'm not a fan of it. I just, honestly. What, what aren't you a fan of, though? <laughs> Rick Flair's last match, I saw it. It was against HBK. Live? No, no, God. That's not the only WrestleMania I was in was at uh, Phoenix. Um, no, well, that wasn't even his last match, was it? That was the that last was match his, he fought in? If he lost the match, then he had to retire. Yeah, but he's fought in matches since then, right? Yeah, he had TNA. He had a run with TNA and all that other shit. Okay. To me, that shit don't count. That that shit don't count. That shit don't count. That shit don't count. No. No, that shit don't count. (laughs) I'm not saying, man. For five plus years, I've been talking about, oh, this guy should win, and then you brought in Kurt Stallion to tell me that you know this is all a carnival show and wins and losses don't matter. Then fuck that. You can't have it both ways. He had matches after that, though. Just yeah. <laughs> okay, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like ding ding ding. Yeah. Like, oh. He locked up with the guy. <laughs> Rick Flair's last match to me was in, against HBK when he, HBK put him to sleep. That's it. I don't care whatever happened after this point. I don't want to see this match either. The reason why they're going to do it, A, it's a money grab. I ain't mad at nobody forget their no, money. not at all. B, if you're going to do it, you can't have him do a singles match. Ric Flair is past the sure. point of singles. How many back bumps does he take? 
I'll put the over under at seven. Oh, I'll take way under. I'll take under. Andre is going to have to do some work. Oh, yeah. I'm going with two. He's going to take a back body drop, and he's going to take one of those uh, from the top rope. Yeah, um, somebody's bump. throwing him off the top. And he's also going to do that thing where he gets punched, act like, acts like he's, he's normal, walk, and, and then, then just falls. falls. <laughs> okay, that's, somebody said that's, that's not a bump, though. Somebody said it on a podcast I was listening to. All we're looking for from this match is Ric Flair's greatest hits. Listen, Ric Flair can take care of himself. I'm tired of all what these. What the fuck? No, he. Yes, he can. No, he, he really can. Well, no, he knows how to not hurt himself in a wrestling ring. All these motherfucking grandpas out there who are trying to make Vince McMahon suspend Jimmy Uso because he gets another DUI or is trying to say, oh, I hope Ric Flair doesn't wrestle so he doesn't get hurt. Man, those motherfuckers in Japan, they wrestle to their fucking 80. He can take a bump. Okay, all right. He can take two bumps. (laughs) He can throw out a bunch of chops. He can do a figure four leg lock. He'll be fine. Those guys in Japan... Wrestling their fifties and sixties, the guys I see in Noah. No, they're okay. 80s. They are, people fight. They wrestle. They don't wrestle in their eighties. Nobody wrestles in their eighties. Some guy the other day just wrestled in his eighties. I, I want to see the source on that before I start even jumping on that point. Rick Flair is not in shape. In it was Sting in his eighties. Casey Mudo. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Great point. He's making his, you know, retirement tour as we speak. You I know didn't what I'm mean saying? in their 80s. I meant in the 80s. 80s. I was talking oh. about old guys oh. in the 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's be specific on this point. Like the, 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 how like how this long point. did the original Sheik fight? Like, he fought for fucking ever. Sabu was his nephew, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Isn't that right? right? Yeah. There's actually there's a, there's a book coming out about him. Um, that's supposed to be pretty good. But yeah, Sheik fought forever, but also Sheik didn't do anything. Kind of like Abdul the Butcher. I'm telling you, know, I'm, they, I'm telling you that Ric Flair is not going to do anything except for throw a bunch of, throw a bunch of chops and take a couple bumps. That's it. That's all I he's going to do. off the top, though. Like, you know, Jay okay. Lethal's throwing him off the top, but the dude's got a pacemaker. I just hope everything goes well. Like, I'm going to look at that on Wikipedia right now. Oh, it says Sheik fought till he was 99 years old. <laughs> That's weird. I didn't think it was that late. Yeah, Ooh, right. said, it said his last match was against Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hammer and yeah. nails match. They did it in a, in a currently building house. What, did you say a hammer and nails match? I'm, dude, I'm done. <laughs> he said yeah. it was a hammer and nails match. I'm done. All right. His last match was when he was 72. Okay. He wasn't 80. Okay. This is Ric Flair's age. He was closer to 80 than he was to Zach's age. It don't. Maybe not closer to yours. <laughs> Dude, you can kiss my ass, all right? All right. Anyway, I, I'm I, I'm not going to watch this match a lot. Like, there's no fucking chance. Like, I'll... I'm, I'm, I've been more likely by this card than I would the ROH card. Honestly. Oh, Stop. you are out your no. mind. Stop. Actually, Stop. No. See, jo- you, you on that bullshit. Josh Alexander is fighting... Um, the undercard is really really good. stacked. The yeah. undercard is is, yeah, is, is what I want to watch. Yeah. The main event, I could care two shits about. But the thing is, if you have all these matches that can be main events, but the main event is Flair and a tag match, it's like they're not going to be able to. Uh, like every match can't be a main event. But the Briscoes are fighting. Also, they're fighting. They are on that card. Um, I, I if I say I don't know the Righteous. Yeah, they're fighting the Righteous. I was about to say, I don't. Is that right, Bo? You got pulled up? 
Oh, I think that the Briscoes are fighting the Righteous. No, no, the Briscoes are fighting FDR. The Righteous are fighting... Um, Briscoes are fighting FDR and ROH. Yeah, that's what I say. You're starting to confuse shit. And it's... Oh, fuck. Okay. Keep talking. Um, I'll forget pull I said, up the No, nah, look, as the as the biggest Ric Flair fan in the group, as I'm wearing the Ric Flair T-shirt, I don't want to see this match. I'll be, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. At a certain point, I think it's just time for Ric Flair to just go in the corner of Andrade or whomever he needs to go in the corner with, and just be that guy versus being the Ric Flair that I I used to know 10, 15, 20 years ago. And that's going to do it for our three counts. One, two, three. Zach. What's up? You're out of town? Uh, next week. You've been, uh, hanging, you've been hanging out in the Holiday Inn all week? I'm, I'm out of town, yeah. I'm right now this week. Uh, next week, I am also out of town, but I'll be in a vacation house. So I should be good for the podcast, though. No, the podcast is still going, dude. I'm asking you what you thought about Raw this week. Oh, yeah, I know the podcast is still going. I was informing you of my my situation. Uh, Raw was the dirt worst. So, like, (laughs) I'm out of town. I'm like, dude, I'm in front of a TV, uh, which I don't have cable TV. I cut the cord over 10 years ago uh, because I'm a fucking prophet. (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to capitalism. And uh, so I just do not watch Monday Night Raw um, unless I will occasionally watch the Hulu version. But I'm like, I'm in a hotel. I got nothing else to do. I'd already jerked off in the day. It was 8 p.m. And I turned on Monday Night Raw. I, I watched the whole three hours. I don't know why. You said I already jerked, jerked off. off. So, yeah, what else is there to do? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's watch Raw. <laughs> How, how was I it? Turned it on. How was it? It was, it was so bad, and it, I was I, I wanted to like it. I was like looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, I can watch Monday Night Raw like live on TV. I'm like, this could be fun. I'm like, this could be fun for me. I'm like, SummerSlam's coming up. I'm like, this could be a fun thing that I could do. It was, was it fun? No. No, it was terrible. There was pre, it was pretty much irredeemable. I'm trying to remember anything I liked about it. Titus, Bianca Bella, or Bianca Belair versus Carmella with Becky sitting ringside. That's when I turned it on. I was sitting at home. I turned it on before my wife came in. We started watching Reservation Dogs on Hulu. Has anybody watched that show? That show fucking rips, <laughs> man. Reservation Dogs. That's what it's called. It's called Reservation Dogs. I saw an ad for it. It's about, it's about these... It's about these four teenagers that live on an Indian reservation. It's really fucking good. It's like okay. le- legit funny. No, I thought you meant Reservoir Dogs. Okay, I'll take that back. They yeah. were they were hunting out in the woods the other night. These two uh, Native Americans and like the white guys that own the land. They were like, "Ooh, be quiet. We don't own the land." The white guys walk by, and like they're talking to each other. And the one guy goes, "Cancel culture, wokeness." And the other guy goes stock market, <laughs> and then like they like fade out of like out of sound. It was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, man, <laughs> what I, the I, fuck? I, I died laughing. It was so funny. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, I'm glad I don't watch that shit. That, that, that should have me not. pissed. <laughs> Say something else, motherfucker. No, Zach, you would. There love wasn't it. anything. I, I'm look, I, I'm sure it was way better than this Raw show. There wasn't anything redeemable in this Raw show. I think the only thing. 
Um, Kevin Owens was pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, which I, I don't think he's been on the show in a minute, but uh, he came back. No, he's like he's a, on it every week. <laughs> no, he he's okay. been off for like two or three weeks, but this is the first time he had came back, came back and he did the uh, the KO show this week. Okay. Yeah, and I mean he was he was fun, and uh, the Miz was trying so hard to put Logan Paul over as a babyface, and as good as Logan Paul is in the business for, he stole no Pat McAfee. And the dude should actually be a heel. Thank you. Um, it was uh, a god awful segment. It was so stupid. Like it's so stupid that Logan Paul be. is trying to be a babyface. It's, it's so stupid that they they're trying to make down. him. I'm sure that it's not his call. It's WWE's no, call. Apparently, I, and, and so I don't know 100. percent Apparently, from what like I've heard reported is. You know, he signed the contract and he wanted to be a babyface, but essentially. Ugh. They need to sit this guy down and just tell him, hey, these people don't like you. Thank you. Right. Okay, they want to boo you. Okay. Yeah. It's and you can make a lot, lot more, money. more money if you just play the yep. fucking and, heel. And, unless it's just all guaranteed shit. But, I mean, if I were him, I'd be asking for a piece of the piece of the take, right? Maybe like 1%. I don't man, know. Man, look. There is that a Jack Nich- where everything's guaranteed. That Jack Nicholson deal Jack for Batman. Nicholson. He ain't Jack Nicholson. <laughs> If Roman Reigns ain't getting a piece, Logan Paul damn sure ain't getting a piece. Sorry, uh, not sorry. Okay. I don't know, but I will uh, say. Pat McAfee's. And then I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Please. I'm just going to segue because uh, I will say that Tuesday night was a huge improvement, and I never would have thought. If you would have asked me on Sunday, be like, hey, you're going to be out of town. You're going to watch wrestling all week on cable TV. Uh you know, what are you most looking forward to? I've been like, oh, well, Dynamite, of course. But then the WWE was, I've been like, oh, like, it'll be fun to watch Raw the first time in a long time, like live and watch the whole show. And then NXT would have been dirt last. Like, I had a lot of fun with NXT. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You don't even watch it. I gotta watch this shit. So okay. how do you, the first so, match so how do you know awesome. then? It was Cameron, yeah, the- Cameron Grimes versus uh, Jordan so, Devlin, whatever it, who's JD McDonough. Jordan Devlin, now. whatever it, yeah, whatever his new name is. Dude, uh, Cameron, Cameron awesome. Grimes versus Jordan Devlin was good. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. That was a good man. And then Joe Gacy okay, stop. revealed no, who, stop. who the two no, guys were. No, no. See, you were doing good until you came up with this. Do you know who they are? It's Grizzled Young Veterans. Yes, I know who it is. Okay, you can't. Uh, I also, I also, I also, I also like Roddy Strong's new character. I'm, I don't need He's to... just yelling at everybody for no reason. I know people like that. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> what? Okay, fuck you. What? <laughs> just say my name, man. Just don't don't subtweet me. Just say my name. Didn't say anything. Motherfucker, you said a lot. All right. Just thinking about people that yell at people. <laughs> Dude, don't make me come over there. <laughs> Do not make me come over there. It's like two or three steps. I could be there fairly quick. Zach, what's your opinion of Braun Breaker? Uh, yeah, I mean, he does a good job uh, doing what he does. Um, looks like Jordan Devlin's going to be the next contender, and that sounds really good because Jordan Devlin, you know, I don't know what to think about him as a person. I know that he was involved in some of that uh, uh, speaking out stuff. I don't know what stuck or what was real or what, but Jordan Devlin has been involved in legitimately 
some classic matches and some of the best matches I've seen out of the entire United Kingdom with one person that actually is a dirtbag, David Starr, and uh, also with Walter. And I think that JD McDonough, whatever you want to call him, and Braun Breaker, yeah. I'll be too, I'll be tuning in. Like that's gonna be a good match. And then Zoe's I'll go this far: if Braun Breaker loses that, then he's on the way up. Oh yeah, uh, Braun Breaker is not losing that. Braun Breaker is uh, the real deal. He's an actual natural. I'm not like, disagreeing. Not with trying that. to be funny. If you watch him wrestle, he's only been wrestling for a year and a half. He no, is he's, fucking. He's, he really has it good. in the ring. I'll just go. Like I said, at some point, somebody, somebody is going to have to beat either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. Some might call it a pedigree. Uh, and then Zoe Stark wins the uh, Battle Royal. So Zoe Stark makes her return to WWE, and she is going to take the belt from Mandy Rose. Oh, 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 oh what? Because, yeah, I also love this. It's subverted expectations because everybody thought Corey Jade was going to win because they did the thing where – I was saying, the, I was thinking the Keaton Lions was going to win. That they, was the big uh, they scuttlebutt. Heel, they'll do heel versus heel though. Like Corey Jade is not going to fight Mandy Rose. Well, Nikita Lions the is thing. the one that I was thinking of. They did the thing in the match where they always do, where Corey Jade got quote unquote eliminated, but she didn't go over the top, and then she snuck in underneath, and you one hundred percent thought that Corey Jade is going to win because that's the bullshit that they always pull. And they did not. And Zoe Starks knocked out Corey Jade in an actual essence of long-term storytelling because Toxic Attraction, that group, was the ones that took her out like eight months ago. Uh, So I applaud them. Is Shawn Michaels the head booker on NXT? Uh, Essentially, yes. Yeah, he's the guy. All right, uh, Zach, anything else you want to say about how much you loved, you know, main roster WWE? (laughs) <laughs> um, pleasantly surprised You know I might actually watch NXT next week uh, That's how I was entertained And He's if I have up. the time I might do it Hell yeah I've lost you Zach You're this dead to me from We got tons of birthdays this week <laughs> Maybe the biggest birthday week we've ever had Fabian Eichner Better known these days as Ludwig, yeah, Kaiser. Yeah, Ludwig yeah. Kaiser. He's God, 32. Horrible. The Fabulous Mula would have been 99, RIP. David Von Erich would have been 64, RIP. HBK would have been 57, RIP. Wait. <laughs> so alive? He was yeah. born again. What does that <laughs> He, <laughs> he was said he like was 20. born again. <laughs> Undertaker buried him two WrestleManias in a row, as far as I'm concerned. Fandango. <laughs> Fandango. Oh, yeah. Love him, 41. Uh, Kenny King uh, is 41, same day as Fandango. Akira Zizawa is 37. Tori Wilson, 47. That's it? The aforementioned. She's missing her $7.5 million. (laughs) The aforementioned Zach Sabre Jr. is 35. Angelo Dawkins is 32. Finn Balor is 41. Roderick Strong is 39. Marty Skrull is 34. Tessa Blanchard, is she the racist? She's the racist. She just yeah. had a, one of her first matches in like two years recently. Well, everybody deserves She's a second chance. Everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Tessa Blanchard's you mean six, the seventh, seventh chance? 27. Seven, seven. Uh, the original Doink the Clown. 
65. Dolph Ziggler is 42. Hunter Hurst Helmsley is 53. Shannon Moore, you remember him, is yes, 43. And Hangman Page is 31. Wow. That's it. Rabbit fever, middle of the night. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Vice, check. For Joey O'Farrell, Check. for Jenner Mahal, Check. for Patriot Pat, Check. for Murray the Murray Man Murray, Double for Lucha Chris. Double check. For my dog, Reba, who's Check. really just dealing with us at this point. She for my She's daughter, Edna May, who's Sleep had like too good for too long. For two beers, Zach Coleman. <laughs> for Jason Cornelius Bell, Good support your local bitches. restaurants, support your local wheel Check. dealers. Check. I am Bill Vagie, and everybody Check. never, ever, 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 <laughs> ever forget... To boo the heels. Boo!